Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Hello, everybody. How are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah. Um, currently in my period, uh, the last few days of my 14 day of isolation, as nice. my wife developed a cough that in most normal circumstances would mean we would not leave the house. Uh, sorry, no, we would leave the house, but, you know, playing by the rules. So me and my daughter have lived in the house in the garden and we're a few days away from being able to be unleashed. So, uh, but, you know, it's allowed me to focus on my fitness goals. I'm now doing two a day. So I've got the stuff from Setgo Gym from Coach Wicked. And I'm also now doing Sean T's uh, Insanity Max 30, which is absolutely kicking my ass. Cool, man. That's really great. Like, it's good that you've got sometimes dedicate yourself to it i guess yeah i think because at tail end of last year as we know some of the pods uh so when arrives my wife went into hospital then my mum conveniently tried to kill herself with a brain aneurysm definitely blame her for my lack of fitness in january and february (laughs) got back into it the start of march started going to the gym on my lunch break every single day and then covid came along and cocked it up but i thought if we've got potentially another two months of this I'm going to get in the best shape possible and then until I end up having to either have surgery on my knee or shoulder, I'm just going to go guns, all guns are blazing this year to try and get as many dates, as many matches under my belt before I can ride off into the sunset. Oh, that's awesome, man. Now, how is your missus doing? Yep, yep, absolutely fine. Went back to work today, no problem at all. And again, cool. from, from my standpoint, my lingering cough, as people have probably noticed for the last few episodes... That seems to be subsiding now. Um, I had a doctor deliver me some penicillin, some amoxicillin even, to my house. So I'm good. I've, everything's everything's good. I said my cough didn't stop me doing anything other than getting evil glares if I was in a supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what a day to podcast. Um, WWE, as we are recording this, are currently going through a huge huge cull of employees talent producers announcers referees i mean i've got the most up-to-date list here literally this happened within the hour so this is pretty good timing that we decided to record quite late today yeah so i'm getting my info off wwe corporate um and obviously before you th- jump in we should probably say we're going to be talking about wrestlemania at some point today but this is a very casual pod in that well, we don't have notes for wrestlemania you've all watched it you all know what's happening you're wrestling fans so but- let's just chat about these releases and stuff first then we'll talk about wrestlemania a bit as we go along and the state of professional wrestling well that's part of the reason as well to mention it with 36 because some of the people who've been released main evented mania <laughs> wait what so, so i will go down the list as of uh where are we now on the time at 20 past eight hang on, on Steve, evening. this just got this just got serious yeah well what? similar to a message that i sent you about main eventing wrestlemania but wrestlers released so far epico not primo um rowan sarah Loga, logan gallows and anderson wow EC- okay ec3 drake maverick kurt hawkins heath slater Eric Young and Leo Heath Rush. Heath Slater got fired. He survived for years doing nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. It's, yeah, go for Heath Slater again. Sorry. So Heath Slater, Eric Young and Leo Rush. Wow. Jesus Matt, Christ. Spud's already put a video out that they're letting him compete in the Cruiserweight Eliminator. <laughs> he's like three matches. It's like, well, he's definitely not going to win the belt if he's been released, is he? Unless it's a massive work to get him over. Um, right. But producers, they've released Kurt Angle. 
Billy Kidman, <sighs> Mike Rotunda, Pat Buck, Fit Finley, Sean Davari, Scott Armstrong, oh, Scott Armstrong, sorry, Sarah Stock, Shane Helms, and the worst one of all, Lance Storm, who only went there in November and shut his school down to go to WWE. Holy shit. And they've also released... Going through those names, there's some serious minds there. Like Mike Rotunda? Yeah, Fucking IRS? Fit Finley for the women's division. I know um, TJ... These are are guys you want backstage, like, desperately. And then they've also released Aiden English and uh, as an announcer, although he's technically on an in-ring contract still. And uh, Mike Kyoda, the referee, has been released. Whoa. That's a long term. He's been with them for ages. And I I mean... The, the notes from Vince McMahon in his press, press release was basically they're going to save $4 million a month with these cuts. And let's be honest, you know, they've been hoarding talent for years. And I was pretty sure that Gallows and Anderson had signed new deals to yeah. stop them going to AEW. So I don't know if they've structured or changed their compensation packages, considering they released the revival um, only a, like a week ago. Mm-hmm. There's, it's that same thing again when WCW went. There's so many wrestlers on the market, and AEW can have the pick of these guys. But I mean, other than obviously, we will have a soft spot for Maverick, AC um, for Spud. But yeah. looking down here, like Gallows and Anderson will hopefully go back to Japan because they were that's where they come across brilliantly. Interesting He's, to see if they go to AEW because of the BC connection. It's like, yeah. I don't think they will. I don't think Tony Khan will have it. No, it's like. Carl, Carl Anderson's a fucking amazing wrestler. Luke Gallows is a good big man. But let's be honest, the shine's kind of gone. Yeah, the E killed it for them. I think going yeah, I mean, from Even Bullet at Club, the end of Bullet Club, they were just the extra heavyweight tag team they had around. They weren't really doing much the last couple of years. But I think if someone could get an EC3 TNA run out of EC3 again, because he was... <laughs> excellent in that i can i know it's like big fish small pond syndrome surely he's nwa primed i'd love to see ac3 and nwa but i'd love to see the revival in the nwa can you imagine that that'd be great i think they'd go nwa before they went off to AEW, because you know but i said fit finley going i mean people like um sean davari pat buck Kidman to an extent, Kurt Angle was definitely a cost-cutting measure because while he was producing stuff, what else does he offer him at this stage of his career now? Yeah. But I, I don't think... Um, obviously, I'll keep refreshing and having a look of anything else. Oh, hang on. There's another another one. So uh, I think we're about to get... Yeah, Mike and Maria Kanellis have gone. Oh, and uh, now Primo has been added to this list. So Mike oh. and Maria Kanellis and both Primo and Epico. Again, who I've not seen on TV for years so i said i think this list is going to keep going and going as we record so we'll check back in at um at the end of the pod to see if there's anyone else who in these horrible times is now having to have that awful thing because it's not like they can just go out and get bookings and make use of their name there's not going to be indie shows for like six to eight weeks i was going to say that the, the big financial thing behind all this is that Yes, it's going to help WWE survive, and there is a chance it might not survive if it didn't do this, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We understand that. Uh, it's difficult times, difficult measures. I think it's kind of a dick move. Um, it's kind of weird this will happen in the same week that the XFL went bankrupt. Um, they, they're, they're, they've had all sorts of terrible press about whether they should be putting on wrestling shows or not. They've been declared like a, an emergency service or an they're essential. essential. <laughs> yeah. And fucking, I just read, literally in the last hour, the Vincent Man apparently has been put on Trump's like financial group to get the US economy running again. 
Yeah. And like, dude, his fucking football league went bankrupt this week. What are you doing? But that all being said, uh, the vast majority of the people that were on that list seem like they're fun- they would, would be financially stable. They've all had long careers with the Fed and been employed for an extended time after their kind of active careers ended. But then I feel very sorry for the people down the lower end of that list yeah. that haven't been there that long that have kind of probably changed their whole lives to accommodate this new job. Yeah. I'd anticipate seeing Viking Raiders added to this. Oh, I, that'd, that'd be a shame because fuck me, we know how good they can be. But that's the problem. We know how good they can be, and then they become <laughs> warm. What is it? Um, the Viking experience. <laughs> well, that yeah. But dude, that, imagine War Machine fucking revival. All that lot in AEW. Jesus Christ, that'd be awesome. But then, they where would you matches. fit them all in? I mean, you could just have an entire tag yeah. promotion. I mean, they. Well, let's face it. They basically do at this point, apart from like five or six decent headliners. Uh, very true but it's it's a weird time and now you're but this is unfortunately as you said it's a bit of a dick move but that's the problem when you're a listed company you have Mm. to do the best interest of your shareholders and if they're going to save four million a month because they're not going to be using any of these talents they're not running live events there's no gate coming in all they've got now is that tv money which they're now being forced to go live for because can you imagine so i imagine that trump has played a role in this with I said Vince being on his little committee and Linda McMahon being one of his um, advisors for small business, if that's still in in action. I but, believe so, yeah. But, I mean, had they not been declared essential, we could genuinely be seeing the end of WWE. Potentially. Because... Massive potential. If they hadn't have done the sensible thing and bankrupted the, um, the XFL as well. Which they owe... Well, they owned like 23% was it? 23.5% of B shares in that right. so what's a B share for those who have no idea do you know it depends on how you set up the share structure of a company so B shares could have essentially been um, they receive dividends or investments back from the XFL when it starts making profit but they don't have any voting rights so in a company you've, you've normally got like your ordinary shares they're your shares where people can vote on things to remove a director to go a set direction etc general meetings where sometimes you have B shares C shares D shares where people can gain benefit from it so maybe it's like a different level of investment so let's say if i if you and i set up world wrestling podcast limited and we would have the ordinary <laughs> shares between us and we'd have the voting rights to see what we do with it but let's sure. say people what wanted- are we going to do this week i've got a 70 percent voting right <laughs> god damn it another attitude error <laughs> <laughs> not again but but then people who wanted to invest in our company to get some money back out of it could buy B shares. And let's say if we paid ourselves three pounds of Amazon money <laughs> for our T-shirts, maybe mm. um, they'd get one pound of the Amazon money on the subject. Which are available on uh, Amazon.co.uk. <laughs> you search World Arresting Podcast. You can find our awesome T-shirts. Go buy them. Help us out. Uh, and also on the subject of our um, merch and our general presentation, uh, we're going to have a very special little new uh, banner icon shortly, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. So uh, I'll just fucking say it. So did you ask Will to draw it or did Will just out of the blue? We mentioned it on a pod. We mentioned it because obviously when he, got, we did, yeah. when he got the hat tip from uh, doing the uh, Mount Rushmore of Foley. Ah. And Will so, Powell has come up with just 
he's the most creative man I I I know in wrestling. He's phenomenal. <laughs> he's awesome, man. Good friend. Uh, what's his Twitter? Is it Viva Willpower? Viva I'm Willpower. Now. Make sure we put him over properly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, at Viva Willpower. Go give him a follow. He's an awesome wrestler and a lovely human being as well. But um, he's, he's a guarantee of victory from by the sea. Down by the sea, I think you'll find, sir. Apologies. <laughs> Damn it. Good. But he, he basically did as a little ditty, a little drawing, uh, a beautiful piece of art that I don't want to unveil too much about. But it's definitely going to start to be our profile picture, our icon, our logo, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> All so our future we'll, t-shirts. Yeah, we'll stick with the pink and the blue, you know, for the actual text, I think. But I'm going to somehow incorporate the two. Yeah, it's incredible. Thank you very much, Willpower. Yeah, man, it's awesome. So, shall we chat WrestleMania? Yeah, so WrestleMania season this year w- was an odd one, because I think we've spoken... Just a little about- bit. <laughs> <laughs> We've spoken over this before. Fucking hell. Go on. But how how much we place everything on on a year on Mania, this is where we'd normally have a super quiz cup from a podcast standpoint, now that every other Tom, Dick and Harry's doing fucking wrestling quizzes. Sure. (laughs) Just to to let everyone else know, because they obviously weren't in on it, we did a text version playing one silly game for what? Six, seven hours the day of WrestleMania? (laughs) Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> and uh, I won it, by the way, because no one else replied after I left the last response. So yeah, fuck you all. I'm now the champion. But you can keep the cup. I didn't realise really it count. was a super quiz cup. <laughs> <laughs> if I just but, post uh, the response now, people are going to be like, why is he playing this game now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're more welcome to it. It's still not ended. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, uh, it's not really the super quiz cup. And we, we're, I guess I was thinking about maybe doing one remotely, but uh, it is a shame that we haven't been able to do it yet but you know exactly SummerSlam could still be on the cards hopefully man hopefully hopefully hopefully. if WWE is still in business well that's the thing isn't it so two days no fans okay so Saturday April 4th April 5th 2020 uh, it's on WWE Network I'm assuming is where we all watch this right no one actually paid $60 to watch it like they just kept promoting for week after week after week leading into this live from Tampa oh wait hang on <laughs> or as I kept well, calling it, the Rainer James Stadium after watching too much Nashville. <laughs> it was meant to be Pirate Mania, and we got no fans in a little hall, the, the WWE Performance Center, and two of the weirdest out of left field matches they have ever put on. Which One never by... would have made air had they not <laughs> been at the PC. Mate, they aired that Randy Orton Bray Wyatt bullshit. Remember that? They, they, well, they did video effects. Oh, the goddamn the um, the, the white the, compound the, where he yeah. burned into the ground. Yeah, you know the fridge spot and everything. <laughs> the, the fridge spot should be done after when that match had happened. I remember pitching to Mister Wicked saying that me, me and Meathead, who were feuding as part of Wicked Inc. at the time, that we should go and have like a maggot pit match and try to find <laughs> derelict old buildings to go and record <laughs> one in. <laughs> Beautiful Kent countryside and stuff. Like in a castle grounds, you know, like in a public house. Exactly. Showing flexing my financial muscle and booking out Leeds Castle for the day. Uh, like little slipknot fans just running around constantly. <laughs> <laughs> but like okay, so those so yeah, they did the W have done that. So I think these may have gone to broadcast if there wasn't the situation with the COVID and everything. But I mean they never would have done it in the first place. Not for WrestleMania, they would have just had matches. But should we just start here? I think this is a good place to start. What What did you think of the I, two matches? I loved the Boneyard match. So um, I 
stayed up for everything on the first night until the boneyard match and i was like i need to i need to head to bed i don't want to sleep through this i want to see this with a a fresh set of eyes and it had everything that i love about professional wrestling in 19 minutes of viewing joy okay what did you think about the firefly funhouse match i mean the firefly funhouse because it was it was too hokey so shortly after they did Firefly Funhouse was when they'd done like uh, Final Deletion. And they, mm-hmm. this was the time that TNA were doing their slightly cheesy um, versions of things. And everyone was always like, oh, well, if Matt Hardy goes to WWE, imagine how much with their production values, it would be, it'd be great. But when they, oh, sorry, I've just gone back to the, um, the Wyatt Compound match, not the Firefly Funhouse match. Firef- right. Sorry, uh, but Firefly Funhouse was clever. That it was... Oh, so wait, you were just talking about the old one with Orton and... Oh, yeah, thing. the old one with Orton and Wyatt. Okay, what did you think of the WrestleMania Firefly Funhouse match? I thought it was really clever. Okay, so as you were talking, I was like, oh my god, we think the exact opposite. This never happens in pro wrestling. Because <laughs> I, I didn't hate the Boneyard match, right? Hate's a very strong word. Like, there's not very much wrestling I genuinely hate. But I didn't enjoy it. Oh, I experienced it and thought <laughs> this is kind of dumb, but like I like quality, and it, it, when you're trying to aim for like cinematic stuff, you know, I thought the Firefly Funhouse match was the best match I've ever seen in my fucking life. <laughs> I, I loved everything about it. I've rewatched both quite a bit but the thing is from an undertaker standpoint it had biker taker it had metallica it had buried alive and you know people were asking where gallows and anson had been well evidently they'd been killed that's why they've been released (laughs) but at any point right okay Hmm. so i thought about this a shitload (laughs) okay this has been on my mind constantly like i work full-time pro wrestling now like it's it's out there Uh, i love it um Nothing has made me think more about pro wrestling recently than these two matches. Um, I remember watching the Boneyard match live, and I'm trying to be as honest and as put myself back in that situation and really think about how I felt. I remember watching it and going, I think this is shit. (laughs) But I'm not sure. Do I actually think this is shit? Am I just grumpy because I'm tired and I kind of want to go to bed and there's no fans and I just don't understand it? But I I, I genuinely love the fucking wrestlemania in general this year um we'll go over the other matches and stuff in a bit but watching the boneyard one i was genuinely like i think this is shit i remember waking up the next day and going did i love that match (laughs) i don't think i did and then kind of as the day went on i remember deciding at some point no definitively it was shit (laughs) i rewatched some of it and i even did a video for wrestle talk on it and was just like no no this is not for me but i remember sitting through the Firefly Funhouse match. And what was the first thing that got me? I mean, when we were messaging about this, the thing that really, where you sent me a picture of your face was, <laughs> <laughs> was when Bray did his, you can look, but you can't touch. Oh, that was the first bit that got me is when he did that. I was like, okay, there's no rules. We're doing anything we fucking want to. He mentioned a real life thing that I'm sure John is, very kind of private about is the least I could say. Probably quite bitter about the whole situation you'd imagine. Can you imagine how like 
Bray I just took the Bray piss Wyatt. by singing her theme tune. It's <laughs> amazing. How Bray Wyatt must have approached it and gone, John. How, how do rem- you pitch this? Remember that bird that you proposed to at WrestleMania? You know how that went to shit? Well, <laughs> I've got a fun idea. <laughs> you know your macho Liz moment? <laughs> Can we shit all over that? Is that all right? It did lead to Marie spinning in the ring and she looked as uh, roll tied as Conrad would say. Holy moly. I don't remember. Okay, cool. Good stuff. But like, oh, fucking hell. And then I literally, so I was watching it, just marking out. Because the thing with the Firefly Funhouse matches, yes, it is ridiculous. It's kind of like an acid trip in like a movie or something. Um, But everything had context. And that's my biggest thing with pro wrestling. I go on about it all the fucking time. And I'm not sure people get what I mean by it sometimes. But every little bit of that match had a history. It had a purpose. It had point A to B to C to lead you somewhere where it was going. There was nothing that was just like, oh, he's the good guy. This is what a good guy would do. You know? This match was... The difference I thought between the Boneyard match and this is this had so many deep-seated like throwbacks for the modern wrestling fan. The... like. Uh, hints of the nwo can you imagine like a young wrestling fan watching this and cena comes out dressed as the nwo at monday nitro <laughs> and they were like what the fuck's this it's a case of no 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 because this is what would happen had cena turned heel this would have been his nwo moment this would have been see, see it that's okay straight away this is what i love about this whole sequence and that match specifically is you can interpret that in three different ways you could be a young fan looking at that going what the hell is this? Or what's the NWO? And it's just a silly John Cena trying to be cool thing and he's being a slapstick idiot and Bray then is getting the better of him. You can see it as an old fan like you described as in someone going back and getting the reference and being like, oh, this is like Hogan turning heel. The heel turn we all thought John Cena would do at some point but still hasn't done. And you can also see it as like, just for its complete face value of like, oh, it's John Cena in NWO, bitch! <laughs> you know? I also had another take. I was a bit like, oh, this would have happened at Nitro 1. Exactly. He still so would have made like, it as a franchise. Everything has depth and a conversation to be had about it while telling a fun, silly, ridiculous, making me piss myself laughing. You can look, but you can't touch. That's such good shit! <laughs> you know? And all these moments. But I can't forget. I can't stop thinking about them because they're so brilliant. Did you see that uh, WWE Shop released a the uh, McBossman t-shirt with him oh going, that's God. good shit, which I thought, I re- when this goes on sale, I have to get one and just wear it to commentary all the time. Holy shit. Yeah, fucking A. Yeah, I'll have one <laughs> if you order one. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Oh, dude. Oh, so much fun. Uh, but yeah, my thing with the Boneyard match, I guess we'll quickly go back to it. Uh, is that I thought it was uh, they're attempting to do something they couldn't achieve, you know? I just thought that it was one, it was a great thing for AJ Styles to give him something different to do. And it gives The Undertaker that last thing because it's, it's no coincidence that he did a cinematic job of beating a top star. And now they're doing yeah. that The Last Ride documentary, which, if you've watched the trailer for it, looks incredible. He's it on... does look good, yeah, yeah. I watched the Edge one recently, and uh, that was awesome. The twenty-four, se- yeah, twenty-four, seven, one. But uh, the twenty-four, yeah, yeah. I haven't watched the um the Undertaker one as of yet. Yeah, they've only got a uh, like a fifteen-minute 
preview of what's covered on oh, it. Oh yeah, I, I watched I, that after WrestleMania. But the um, at, so the thing at the end of that is like the end is coming or the end is nigh. I can't remember what it, the wording was for it. But <laughs> you know that, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that I wonder if at the end of this documentary that he's just gonna be like, yeah, I'm done, and that's how they're I gonna want- finish it. See, when Vince fucking uh, put up this phone call thing today that we all knew it was going to happen, I thought maybe there's a there's a chance. There's a chance, Tax. But no, he just fired everyone else instead. So, yeah. Well, you but, know, um, Mark Calloway's probably got a much different contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd imagine this much. He also had like 23% of the shares in the XFL. <laughs> <laughs> was WWE just him, you know? Yeah. But I, yeah. I think I said the Boneyard match was for everyone and it was just a a chance probably for the undertaker to have a good last match and i like the fact that considering they don't mention covid considering they don't they didn't call it a graveyard match because they don't want to basically add that to the thought process of people Mm. but i thought the execution of it even having like aj's hand (laughs) sticking up at the end i was like oh that's nice i enjoyed that and obviously killing gallows and anderson (laughs) so there's two bits where i laughed and one bit, or two bits, where I just kind of pissed myself going, <laughs> this is really good. Uh, so the two bits I obviously laughed at were the hand. I, I, la- I remember pissing myself laughing with that hand. <laughs> in like disbelief laugh rather than enjoyment laugh. Like, fuck, man. You just, want, like, you just went, oh, we've got a prosthetic hand. Let's do the carry. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but then the other bit was, you know, when Undertaker teleports to the back of the tractor, they've got that giant light behind him. <laughs> like I pissed myself laughing during that out of embarrassment. I thought that was terrible, to be honest. Look, he could um, tele- he could teleport during the Attitude Era. Yeah, see, the teleportation is the thing I have the least problem with. It's how they did it was the bit I had the problem with. They did the Keith Lee spot where he just kind of come appears from behind him, but without doing the cool raising. So he was just standing there. And I thought it was super cheesy. And then and now to Keith have Lee's just- livid. <laughs> they just got. One dude with a giant fucking studio spotlight standing behind Undertaker to give you this giant light behind him like he's fucking Jesus. Uh, And then like the bit that I I kind of laughed at as a pure enjoyment of like, this is killer, was the bit when all the druids came out of the sheds and shit. I was like, what's this rusty shed? And why are there druids living in it just ready to go? Also, they weren't observing social distancing. (laughs) That's exactly what went through my head. I was like, how did they film this scene? There's like 20 people in it. CGI is a great thing. So silly. But like the rest I just thought was so shit and so cheesy. I would have loved them to do more of a chase sequence, you know? Yeah, but then they would have just bought out the OJ footage because they've got it. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a thing? Well, remember from WrestleMania with um, the Backyard Brawl match with Piper and Goldust? Were they edited in the um, the, ch- the car oh, chase yeah. footage? Yeah, sure. Wow, okay. That's a deep dive, man. That's a deep one. <laughs> anyway, shall we uh, go through the other matches? Well, that was pretty much Mania covered there, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's the important stuff covered. I think that's what people well, care about, our opinions. Well, so. you know, there were a few other important things. I think the thing we need to all acknowledge is how unfair it was that we didn't get proper Kyrie sane pirate pirate mania yeah i think i was most disappointed for her (laughs) 
not you know thousands of fans i genuinely came in going oh this is meant to be pyromania it's meant to be Kyrie's moment i wish he was booked in a tag match you know fucking idiots i'm pretty sure though once this is all cleared up wrestlemania 38 will be back at uh, the reign of james stadium in tampa bay there, there's yeah. no way they'll go back there for that i think obviously 37 will stay in la provided the world gets back to normal in the next 12 months hopefully it does um, and then 38 it will be there but here's the thing before we go into this card and I think it's something that people I know I, I mentioned a lot of things like the corporate stuff and the shareholders calls which WWE do here mm. surely now when they do these big conference calls rather than dicking about asking questions of when are we going to have a Wrestlemania in London when are we going to have a Wrestlemania in the UK when SummerSlam coming back to the UK why not ask why have George Barris and Michelle Wilson all been f- fired or relieved from their directorship? Is it because you're now going to force your talent to potentially perform uh, during these essential media times? I just think mm. that from a, if you're in a position as a wrestling journalist, I know you've got to be very careful um, because you don't want to lose your in to WWE, but you see so many of these p- journalists on calls and rather than actually asking questions about the business, which I think you know, some fans are interested in, they're just more concerned of always going for the cliche, uh, if they ever do stuff in the UK, oh, when, when are we going to have a, have a mania? Why not ask about the business? Because if WWE are needing to save $4 million a month, and people were, I mean, could you imagine, had they managed to sign that deal? to remove WrestleMania off the network and just show it exclusively on something like ESPN or Peacock, how bad this would have been for them. And it's those questions about the business and the the monetization of their streaming model that people don't ever ask. And it's the same thing that I think Punk covered in his like shoot with Cabana when he left, when the network was just starting. How are the wrestlers getting remunerated now? It's not based on pay-per-view buy rates. Is it just based on network subscriptions? And I, I, you know, I was speaking to Coach Wicked about this, and I, I very much disagree with the whole concept of we the independent, we need a union, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, because let's be honest, to sign up for a U- equity in the UK, you have to have five hundred pounds worth of proof of earnings. But at the moment, if I'm sitting there going, I've got a union, I want to know where my money's coming from. Well. I'm not going to lie to you, wrestling for Pro Wrestling All-Stars and SCPW, if this was my main job, wouldn't be paying me to sit at home. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm part of a union. And I've, I've just gone off on a, a massive tangent rant. <laughs> I, I, lost a, I lost track a little bit there. What's uh, remunerate mean? <laughs> remunerate? Give me my yeah. money. <laughs> <laughs> Pay. Yeah. All right, cool. Anyway, sorry, I'm I'm going on my little. Uh... That's all right. So, open <laughs> the pre-show was Cesaro defeating Drew Gulak. I mean, fucking hey, what a match to start on these two dudes. I'm huge fans, but I mean, they only go four and a bit minutes. Yeah, four four and a half minutes, and I think again, looking at the like the wiki times, I didn't note these down myself. I'm using a uh, third-hand info. But I don't know what you're talking about. We're definitely not just calling this one in by Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> but what? what... It's the things like this match which were exceptional. Can you imagine had they managed to do Mania over two days but with the live crowd and having Drew Gulak being able to perform in front of 100,000 people or however many would go into that stadium? It would have been amazing for him and Cesaro yeah. to have such not, a good match. With with this, the current state of things, I'm not even sure Drew might would have got the chance, to be honest, if it was without this little shit that's going on. 
Well, I think a lot of it's like... got to do with Dragon at yeah. the moment. Yeah, it's like he decided this is my guy. It went to Vince like, I'm just going to... Me and Drew Gulak, yeah? And Vince was like, okay, we've got nothing else for you. <laughs> He's probably got confusing. Yeah, you and Drew McIntyre. That's great. No, no. <laughs> Perfect. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Dragon would have gone, yeah, Vince, of course, that's the one. <laughs> this is good shit. So, <laughs> day one, or part one, I guess they call it, on April the 4th. God, uh, we, we really s- are calling this in from Wikipedia, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> they started with Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating the Kabuki Warriors of Asuka and Kairi Sane. So the the story going into this one was going to be that this was going to be Kairi's last match. Like Loads of people were reporting it and that she's one of the people that would be let go. But so far, it doesn't seem like she has been. I don't see why they would. I oh, think ridiculous. I- she's so insanely good. I think the fact that maybe this is why, as you said, if she hasn't been released yet, why they're pushing Io Shirai to go against mm. Charlotte next, because um, Vince McMahon doesn't understand. Then again, neither does Jerry Lawler. <laughs> I mean, Io's pretty damn fucking good, but I know what you're saying. But Oscar's clearly the the top worker of that women's division. And yeah. I think if the Kyrie were to leave... Just let her run and have her and Becky, once everything settles down in the world, have an absolute barnstormer feud. Because I think that's what someone like Becky Lynch needs. Yeah, we need to give um, some of this women's division WWE, you know, two people, give them six months, see what they can do. Yeah, and that's not saying that, because um, obviously Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are, are great. Obviously, Nikki Storm's fantastic. She's a great, great character. Yeah, yeah. Fucking A. It's but it's another case of strange bedfellows, isn't it? When they chuck together Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. And it's yeah, like, oh, we need, we need a tag team. We've had the Iconics off the road since, I don't know, December, October last year. Mm-hmm. We can't possibly have them in, which is a real shame because I thought they were getting over as annoying in their annoying way. You're joking me. <laughs> and they're both really fucking good in the ring. Hey, Kayla. Hey, Kayla. But um, <laughs> genuinely, they, they pop me every time. I don't know why. Well, they I wa- just like they've they've not put the tag belts on fucking TV in forever. That was so, part of the Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross storyline going into this, though. It's a case of when have you defended these titles? It's been more than ninety days. <laughs> yeah, it's really stupid. I mean, why take guys like the Icon- Iconics away? And they'd be perfect. Just chuck them on tagging with each other every week. <laughs> like it seems so simple. <laughs> I, I speculate one of two things purely just from how Vince works. Put the belts on them, needed to get tickets sold in Australia, put the belts on them, and then they don't care. Or, similar pettiness, oh, who's Peyton Royce married to? Sean Spears. Where's Sean Spears at the moment? AW. Who's been releasing videos online with him and his wife? Sean Spears with Peyton Royce in it. Could oh dear. Be. Yeah. Who knows, man? Uh, decent match, though. I really enjoyed it. I think these four women just went balls to the wall, considering they pulled out a 15-minute match, you know? I like the fact that having no crowd, it really focused... and. You noticed it in Gulak Cesaro as well, but it was really picked up on this, uh, the first official match of part one, hmm. that having, getting to listen to Asuka and Kyrie just shout and vocalize <laughs> everything and having to have Cross and Bliss sell, it was yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It's a masterclass in how to sell because without an audience to drown it out, that they, they told a story, which was what I look for. And as you said, for a 15 minute match, one of the longest of the cut of the, of the day, I really enjoyed it. It was a really good start to the main card. Yeah. I think um, Alexa Bliss at one point was primed to be like their top female star. 
probably along with Charlotte, you'd imagine. And then she um, kept getting hurt. Yeah, that's the problem. She got that concussion and then kind of got taken off TV. And I remember her uh, at least saying or tweeting out or something that she's not being kept off TV because of concussion. She's good to go. They're just not booking her. And I don't know what happened then. I don't think she actually picked up that many injuries at all. I think she just had the one concussion. And then Vince just seems to have lost faith completely. I think there was the Ronda Rousey stuff as well that didn't play in her favour, which came out in a re- in a call this week. I don't know if you guys covered it for Wrestle Talk, but where um, Nia Jax pretty much said, I had to go and complain to WWE management on Alexa Bliss's behalf because someone kept hurting her every single night. And I wonder wow. if Nia Jax bitching about Ronda Rousey being physical with Alexa Bliss might have made people go, oh, well, Alexa Bliss is complaining, so we'll keep her back. Intriguing, man. Intriguing, intriguing. Um, I definitely think all four women have got a bright future. I think Alexa Bliss could be one of their top stars. Then Nikki Cross can make a great crazy person or even a lovable face, you know? I would have thought they'd turn Nikki on Alexa or vice versa at some point. But it makes sense to go to back it, yeah. to Bliss being the bitch to turn on Cross, but they've got no other female mm. tag teams. They bought in these belts, so they've got all this female talent. And the only yeah. other one I can think of as a legit tag team was Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. But we'll get to that on night two. Why, that's yeah. not going to work. It doesn't seem like these tag belts are going to be around for long. No, I hope that when we get back to live touring, and, and considering they're supposed to defend them across NXT as well, mm. But then you look at NXT and you look at the women they've got there at the moment. It's They're fantastic individual talents, but there's no tags. I think you yep. had Aliyah and Vanessa Bourne who worked as a tag for a little bit, but I haven't seen them do much. Um, you've got... Uh, who's with Raquel Gonzalez now? Who's Who's got her as her muscle? Uh, oh, I know NXT. who you mean. I can picture her, but yeah. Hmm. But exactly, memorable. Is it- Go Dakota to, Kai? Dakota thing? Kai, that's it. Yes, yeah. well done. Great memory. Um, but yeah, I, I think all four women, great opener. And you know, if you look up and down the card, the number of women's matches that were on Mania was, was really good. They, but it was just a shame they didn't have many good storylines to, uh, to utilise them, really. Speaking of which, our next match, <laughs> Elias versus defeat, surprisingly defeating King Corbin, as far as I'm aware. I thought Corbin would be a sure thing. If Corbin, it was going to be against Elias, and it obviously Corbin ended threw up him off a balcony. Of course yeah. he's got to get his revenge. Uh, I guess so. I think they're trying to put Corbin over, and I think he's fucking brilliant. I know he has boring matches, and again, this is another prime example of that. He's not the greatest in-ring guy. He's not an Okada or whatever. But um, I just think as a character, he's fucking brilliant. He's so easy to hate. He's such a dick. It's great. It, when people start saying on Twitter, he's got, oh, he's got X-Pac heat. It's like, yeah, so he's doing his job properly. I don't think he's even got go away heat, like, not, not at all. I think he's just really, really good at being a douche. I think the problem is now with Baron Corbin, he's going to suffer what a lot of the great heels do because people are going to start finding it fun. He's just got to keep it. That's why The Miz was so good for so long because he was just such a an horrible, horrible prick. And yeah. then something changed when, obviously, he started promoting that he was going to be a parent and he had his... Miz and Mrs. show, he became a bit more what you warm to him as a baddie, and people started appreciating yeah. his heel work. And then he turned face, and that went awfully, other than his little suplex of Shane at the previous mania. <laughs> but I think 
<laughs> like a space what... heater, that program. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they need to do with Bazacorbs. They just need to make sure he just stays a dick because he can be a upper main event caliber talent. You don't need to put the belt on him, but he can be there or thereabouts. If you've got a face champion, like him having like a title match with Drew um, at a lower pay-per-view would be great. Yep, absolutely. Uh, what do you think of Elias? He seems one of the guys that's primed to be cut at some point soon, according to a lot of people. Well, his gimmick didn't work in NXT. It's one of those rare instances where the gimmick works better on the main card than it does in NXT. Sure. But I think Vince and the producers may be dampening on it because all the rumours originally was it's going to be Elias versus Cena at Mania mm. to start with, but I mean, as you said, thank about, God it wasn't because the match we got was so much better. But yeah, not this but, one. No, this again, no, just under ten minutes. It's it was a nothing match, really. I think Elias sure. when he had very his drift, very house show, very like SmackDown Raw middle middle card bollocks, you know. Which I think pretty much sums up a few matches on on main news. Maybe yeah, a match for the sake of having a match. We've promoted it. We've got to get it. We've got to fit these guys on because they're knocking around. Let's just get it done because we've put yeah. it on TV because we've had to have it in a closed set. Considering they've got what nineteen matches, there's four or five that are very much they haven't got a story, which is not a bad ratio given their due. Think of old manias though where you'd have those opening matches which would have no story going into them. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, God, I'm running through so many in my head right now. Fucking hell. They're all like DQs, like like with the U- UK house show thing we watched the other day with Hacksaw and Repo Man with a non-finish, and you're like, mate, can we not put Hacksaw over the Repo Man? <laughs> this seems like an easy thing to do. I don't think the Repo Man will mind. But at least when we move on to our next match, there was an element of storytelling going into that, which is the women's title, the Raw Wounds title match between Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler. Yeah. So for me, this seemed like has to be Shayna's win, right? I didn't think so. They wouldn't. I, I, you hear, you read all the stuff and it's difficult to try and not buy into it. Um, the Vince is not impressed with Shayna Baszler on the main roster so far. And I think the problem is that you've put her against Becky Lynch and Becky Lynch went for a few weeks of being that really odd, like cocky face character. And then they did the whole vampire chewing of the neck thing from Shayna Baszler rather than letting her come out and terrible Lynch. Had she come out and beaten the tar out of her and run her over in a car, that would have been great. Everyone loves people getting run over with cars. I I, I, I did it for the Rousey. quite proud of that uh so like uh shana is uh, she was built up so so well in nxt like she's not the greatest wrestler in the world she's a scary human being and has a lot of good technical mma type wrestling and she can work she's not terrible by any means she's got she's... Good mystique behind it wasn't it they they built sure. a, a, an aura around her that she is this ass kicker takes no prisoners rips your throat out or bites it in this case yeah well, let's we'll get to that. So, like, you know, do you remember that segment with the NXT locker room where she's basically walking between all the female wrestlers going, right, which one are you then? Come on then. Like, you know, I'm the top dog here. Who's going to step up? And then someone would step up and she'd take them out in, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> so, like, that's how you book a monster heel, man. And that's exactly how she was booked. And that's, but, I think, with, with NXT, why it's so much 
more beneficial for some of these talents just to not leave. I appreciate that there's not much more in NXT Shayna Baszler could do because that that character had run its course. So you've got your top champion. She's done everything you can in your developmental program. You need to put her on the main roster. But I think it was a bit too soon to go for Becky Lynch. I think had she run through like Lacey Evans, Natalia, um, and actually had meaningful feuds of those women, like destroy Alexa Bliss and just walk through them, go for six months and having people not touching her, and then she goes after Becky Lynch, that would have helped yeah. cement her as a top heel rather than winning a rumble and going straight into it. Do you know what really threw me about these women's matches? Is that you've got Becky Lynch against Shayna and Charlotte Flair against Rhea, right? Would it not have made a shitload more sense to have Becky versus Charlotte and then Shayna versus Rhea? I wonder if it's more for the future years. Yeah, I think they'll try and main event mainly with another women's match. And if you can build up and keep Charlotte and Becky away from each other for another 12, 18 months, then you can start building to having a proper feud at Mania for those two. But you're saying that, but this is this is WrestleMania, dude. This is where you pay stuff off. And there's two stories between Charlotte and Becky and Rhea and Shayna have literally been the last year. But also you need to keep both of them strong. You couldn't have... You can sh- do that. You can have a nice, clever finish, you know, like but with Rousey, where she put her shoulder up, whatever. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, sure. But I, I, I just don't think that's how WWE see it. They can't have Flair Brett lose. Piper it, you know? <laughs> yeah, but they, they can't have Flair lose because that's their golden goose. And they can't have Becky Lynch lose because that's one of their top stars. And they don't mm. have many. I would have had Charlotte and Becky go 30-minute Broadway. Because you know they could do it, and it would be fucking incredible. I'd have Rhea and Shayna come out. I'd have Shayna tap Rhea in five seconds, and have them come out. Shayna, Rhea come out the next night on NXT, and be like, "I wasn't ready. You caught me off guard. You cheated. You jumped me from behind. You know." And have her fucking smash Shayna the next night. It'd be great. I also think that they needed one of the other to lead the match. I think that with mm. Vince not having as much stock because even the rear ripley build was pretty sharpish in nxt for the person who was going to take over from Shayna, and i just now and and they wanted to have more competition for aw let's be honest the reason why charlotte flair goes to nxt because they think it'll pop a rating and you know maybe it did by 1000 viewers the other week and everyone going oh they won they won the ratings war no one gives a shit no one watches tv it's it's not going to keep popping people week to week it was just uh People tuning in to see what was going to happen, whether it was going to be something something different, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then hopefully, you know, they'll go off and do their own programs. We've now got Charlotte going after Rio Shirai and Becky is also around. <laughs> so next up, we've got uh, what I saw announced and was like, wow, they're, they're literally giving me my favorite matches of all time. We've got Sami Zayn against fucking Daniel Bryan. Generico Dragon, yes, please. No, 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 no. Generico is in Mexico dealing with oh, the orphans, I think you'll find. Of course, and, and Dragon's crying on Total Bellas that Bree didn't <laughs> want to give him a second kid. I don't know. I don't watch that stuff, but yeah. Yeah, me neither. I watched it last yeah. night. It was great. So Sammy picks up the IC belt, like, what, a week before? Two weeks before? A couple of weeks before, yeah. And in a three-way, three, three-on-one against Strowman. Yeah, I remember. And they start to build up the feud with Dragon, and to be fair, these two did a fucking great job of building to it. And I love the little backstory of having Cesaro and Shinsuke there. Granted, they shouldn't be there. They're top stars. 
But then having, you know, Gulak coming as Brian's understudy or whatever it is. And I was convinced that Gulak would turn on dragons. They create this four person stable on the heel side. I'm really happy they didn't do that because these guys, oh my God, what a perfect match to. For, for, for a 10 minute match, it was lovely. It was just nice, good wrestling. And it's just now leading up to the end of his contract, what Dragon wants to do. They're like, okay, yeah. well, we're not going to put you in a title picture because you're obviously going to go part-time at some point. Who do you want to do and who do you want to elevate? And he's probably got a bucket list going, right, well, I want Cesaro, <laughs> I want Sammy, he probably wants Kevin Owens, he probably wants another go at AJ before he finishes up. And he's because he's got his Brock Lesnar match, what else yeah. does he want to do? You know, he, he's, you know, his wife's pregnant with their second child in the real world. Why does he want to be traveling around the world and avoiding parenting? Oh, hang on. I've understood why he doesn't want to retire. <laughs> Look at these five names, right? Sami Zayn, uh, El Generico, <clears throat> right? Cesaro, Claudio, Shinsuke Nakamura. Nakamura Shinsuke. <laughs> American Dragon, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan. And Drew Gulak, cough, 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 soldier ant, cough, cough, cough. Um, Brother of Rory. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mm, fuck that guy, but Drew's awesome. (laughs) Those five dudes are literally in my top 10 wrestlers of all time. I'm not even joking. They're they're right there. I'm exaggerating a little bit. But (laughs) But in general, those are serious talent. Serious, serious talent. I think the problem when you look at these guys is it took Dragon maybe six years in WWE to be allowed to be given the flexibility to cut a world beta promo. Mm-hmm. Shinsuke can cut promos if WWE allow it to be like, oh, he's got a strong Japanese accent. Oh, one wonder why that is. That's and- Do you not know that he don't speak the English? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, those promos, man. Jesus Christ. Now Sami Zayn's being given a chance to actually have time on the microphone. He's pretty good on the mic, as we know, including, you know, after his doghouse time after dropping AEW when he had his electric chair segment. Yeah. He's impressed me so much recently, Sami. All these guys... I mean, it's nice for Sami Zayn to be away from Kevin Owens. I look forward to when they revisit that at some point in the future. Do it in 10 years. Leave us a long, long time. They, those two's basically been wrestling each other for the past 15 years. Can we just give them someone else for a while? But this goes back to the Charlotte Becky thing, because we mm. had that cracking match at Evolution, which we they wouldn't top at this moment. They need enough storyline to help build it, and that's why, again, they need to keep Cesaro, uh, not Cesaro, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens way apart from each other um, while, while everything moves on, basically. Do you mean Sami and Kevin Owens? Of course, yeah, sorry. I, I think you said sorry, but it doesn't matter. Let's move on. Um, yeah, so I, I love Sammy playing the cowardly dick heel here. This is, we know what what kind of characters he can play and how good he is in the ring. Uh, take you back to the Shinsuke Nakamura debut against Sammy. You know, one of my yeah. favorite matches WWE have put out recently. It works in such yeah. a good way. Just, just to see him as this Bobby Heenan style runaway cowardly douchebag. Oh, more releases. Oh, go on, em. No way, Jose. Okay, saw that coming. Yeah, Zack Ryder. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, poor Zack. With his missus on NXT recently. Ooh. 
And saying that, I know we're we're covering the Mania card, but Coach Wicked, uh, interestingly, has messaged me whilst we're doing this because we were chatting about the the releases. And he said, just a thought, I wonder if the NXT UK roster's under any threat. Very interesting. Because if they're looking to cut costs, they've got their tapings up, they've had to cancel uh, NXT UK Dublin. Hmm. It's... I bet their numbers are dog shit as well. No one talks about it. No one covers it. I mean, I, I haven't watched an episode of it. Ever or recently? Other than the tournaments that we watched. And like the first night I've not watched, we both watched that because we covered it. Yeah, but I've the, the first ever UK tournament we watched, because we weren't podcasting at that time, were we? Uh, we, we just we just started one of our started, very, yeah. I think our very first pod is the first UK tournament. Yeah, but watching watching that was exciting. I like seeing the wrestlers we've been watching on the independent circuit have a have a place in the WWE network with good production value, decent mm. ring to work in. But I think all in all, maybe like if they're releasing Zack Ryder, not to be disrespectful to any names, but you look down that list of names on the UK side of things. I don't think it's a separate company. So why would they be releasing someone like Zack Ryder who has some form of name recognition to some of the older fans and they'd keep around Wrestler A and Wrestler B in NXT UK? I bet a huge part of this is the type of contract and when they signed that contract and also when it was up for renewal and all that sort of shit. But I bet there's a lot of, you know, you've earned a lot of money from us over the years. We can't afford to keep everyone on right now because of this fucked up situation. You can afford to be out of work for six months to a year. We'll give you a call, mate. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the, I keep saying, I think the main thing that they try and drum in, especially for the talents who go for NXT, is here's how you manage your money. Here's how you keep money aside to pay your taxes. Here's how you live effectively. Because in NXT, where they don't have to pay for their travel, I know they're not making much money, but they've got their contract. They go, they train, they work out, they get paid. People have to save. It's the same situation for every profession, but especially for pro wrestling because everything is such a short career. Like you said, I I wonder if they look down that list of people like Kurt Hawkins, like Zack Ryder and go, well, guys, you've been here for X number of years. Hopefully you've done well for yourself. You've paid off your house. You've got enough money to to live off, uh, live a healthy life. And it's not like they don't have other interests. But yeah, so Zack Ryder and uh, No Way Jose. It's gone. As we speak, because we knew it would happen as we keep going. Yeah. So, uh, John Morrison versus Jimmy Uso versus Kofi Kingston for the tag team championships in a ladder match. I mean, I have many, many issues with this match. Hmm. The match was kind of crazy and kind of fun. Yeah, the match, if they'd just done a triple threat ladder match, would have been great. Yeah, it was all the other stuff that was the problem. I mean, the Miz turned up sick, which means Roman didn't turn up. Great. Cheers for that, Miz. Well, that's... Um, Allegedly. As far as I understand, the story goes that they were all at the taping, so Rus- the Usos and Roman, and then Miz turned up ill, uh, and then the Usos got very heated, and things were said, and then the match was changed to this single person rather than tag teams, but obviously someone's gone, oh yeah, just, just do it for the belts, it'll be fine, even though the champions retain ridiculous so you didn't need to do it for the but anyway there are some crazy spots and these three obviously just went all right we've got a chance here 
it feels like they kind of made the best out of a bad situation and kind of it looks like to me from an outsider's perspective with no insider information whatsoever on this it feels like they probably pitched the ladder match yeah i i'd I'd agree with that because they needed to do something to stand out but considering you've got no fans boosting Mm. you trying to get that adrenaline going i can't imagine how much more it would hurt to plow onto a ladder without having thousands of fans cheer you on and get that adrenaline running if you're just running essentially a training match and someone flings you off onto a ladder you're like oh bloody hell so there's one point of contention with this match that a lot of people were talking to me about at least was there's a shot well i think it's oh it's someone throws uso Oh, who was it? I think it's John Morrison chucks Uso off of the ladder right to the outside and the camera doesn't show Uso landing but then they cut to a different shot of Uso on the floor and it's blatantly <laughs> obvious there was a crash mat because you can yep. hear it go <laughs> <laughs> that's not the sound people make when they hit the floor. I that's, can't believe they didn't dub in a sound. That's the but, one thing we didn't mention in the women's tag match when yeah. Kyrie did the insane elbow and they just did a really bad edit. It's like, it was one, two. Kick, kick out. out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, there was definitely a crash mat spot. But then why, why would you put it at risk if you can tape it and try and cover it up and you have all your skilled, of course. Yeah. skilled people uh, are furloughed. So they had the renter crowd in and they weren't great. <laughs> well, this is my pitch. I think pro wrestling shouldn't be live. It's so much better when it's not live, when you can edit stuff and make it look fucking awesome and cut out the boring bits of the matches and put a crash mat so people can do crazy spots. We can, if we edited it better, we could cover this stuff up and make it feel like flowing and interesting. Never worked for the SmackDown. Stress it would, think of the stress it would take off people's bodies over the years. Yeah, it didn't work for SmackDown. <laughs> Having it all pre-taped and... But, but they're, they're doing a live show, but it's taped. We need to do a taped show as if it was a taped show. Like fucking Game of Thrones, or you know, I don't know, Match of the Day or some shit. Two thousands Brit Rest. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, dude. You know what I mean. With their production level, they should be able to do something special with this element. Like maybe I just want more pre-tapes in my wrestling. (laughs) That's what everyone else wants, right? Yeah, I don't ever complain about pre-tapes, do I, Tex? No, not at all. And Fox and USA love (laughs) pre-tapes. I know there's that crazy anything can happen element of um, live wrestling. I did have a thought during this match. Wow, this is weird. This came back to me suddenly. What if Eric Bischoff deliberately made things go wrong with the WCW production just to make it feel like anything could go wrong at any time? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not his money he's playing around with, so he could do yeah. it. I mean, you know, deliberately play the wrong theme tune once or twice, you know, deliberately have like some fan jump over the barrier that you've employed. Don't tell anyone though. Ah, uh, Brit Rest. Tough guy. Yeah, maybe, you know. Oh God, I saw Alex Shane do that once, but he employs me now, so he's a lovely bloke. <laughs> so, um, Kevin Owens defeating Seth Rollins in... Oh, we in didn't talk about the, the clever ladder spot at the end where oh, Jomo was, got oh, the belt. It, it was clever, wasn't it? Really good. All three guys going up. All grabbing the belts, then JMO kind of falling onto his back with the belts, not to the floor, but onto a ladder. Yep. Mm, interesting. The best version of Starship Pain I'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, clever finish though, creative. But she said, yeah, they, um, the tag, tag team champions retained with John Morrison. Yeah. Weird. Mm. So uh, Kevin Owens defeating Seth Rollins, and what I would suggest is probably the best wrestling match of the show. Uh, it was always going to be. Uh, if, if they'd given... 
Generico and Dragon Time, it would have been that would have been the best match on the show. But this, yeah, yeah, with with the time that they gave, longest match of the night, I think, other than Boneyard. Oh no, no, yeah. the tag match went longer. Um, yeah, it, Up this the tag it, match, <laughs> ladder match. Yeah, this was really good. Other than the fact that I'd become bored of this storyline for the last four months, when it's just basically been Authors of Pain. And Murphy, who I'm surprised it's still not on that list yet, but fingers crossed he won't be, because one of AOP's injured, so they've binned off AOP. So now Seth's rocking around with just Murphy at the moment, isn't he? I think. Yeah. Uh, the AOP haven't been released yet, have they? No, but it, one's okay. injured, so they're yeah, not yeah. leaving the other one on TV. Yeah, sure. It's going to be months two, and months and months, apparently, as well. I remember looking back at one of the WWE 24 documentaries, and then there was the it was after Rollins had cashed in and Kevin Owens is backstage. I remember him like tapping him on the chest. He's like, we run this place now. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice link back to now when they got to fight each other at Mania. I also liked the fact that Kevin Owens was on social media beforehand talking about his big dive during this match, how he'd planned potentially to try and pitch away to jump off the giant boat at the stadium in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> My God, can you imagine? Would need to crash mat and pre-tape. Oh, it would have been so, so good. Anyway. <laughs> that is the spot of the night, isn't it? Him jumping off that sign. I like the fact that in the performance centre, not only do we keep on getting tours of it, it's a case of, ah, oh, everyone's been thrown off literally everywhere you can possibly get thrown off of that PC. <laughs> true, true, true. So, uh, next up, we've got Braun Strowman finally winning the big belt, defeating Goldberg uh, in a two-minute ten match for the Blue Universal Championship. Um, there's two of these matches, basically, isn't there? We've got Drew McIntyre and Brock as well. There's kind of new WWE, all these heavyweight matches need to end in a couple of minutes sort of style things. They're exciting, and you never know quite what's going to happen because there's that element of it's probably going to end really fast or something fast and dramatic and impactful. But I'm starting to miss that main event WWE style a little bit. Agreed. While I liked seeing Goldberg still stick to his um, walkout <laughs> with his security. Yeah. From his fucking trailer in the back, yeah. Did you like seeing little caravan? That's what it is, yeah, sorry. <laughs> some of the wrestlers who had picked their lockers at the PC for Mania and they started showing, the, like, tweeting pictures out of the lockers who they took. So I think it was Rollins took Chumper's locker and Kevin Owens and he was like yeah you don't pick your favourites and then they showed a picture of Chumper and then Kevin Owens tweeted going yeah I certainly didn't pick my favourite either and put um, Stockley's locker <laughs> oh, nice Stockley yeah yeah oh that's awesome which uh, goes to show how much I had interest in this main event match going talking about locker rooms in the performance centre than really not your Braun- cup of tea at all you don't find any sort of like you know oh it could end on any move sort of thing no, because Goldberg wasn't coming back, so you knew Strowman was going over like you knew Roman Reigns was going over. Uh, did I know that going in? I don't think I did. It I just thought seemed Goldberg obvious. might retain because they changed so many plans going into this this week. The only chance he might have retained was if, in any way, you don't need to try and open the fridge quietly. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> My wife has come into the uh, the podcast kitchen so nice. uh, and he's trying to open the fridge as quietly as possible ah, it's appreciated <laughs> but don't worry about it <laughs> that's absolutely fine um but yeah i just thought that 
you knew Strowman was going over because Goldberg wasn't going to do any more matches at this stage. You knew it, it was going to be given to Strowman anyway. It's a shame that The Miz cocked up Roman having his moment, but... Yeah. And that would have been the way to get Roman over, unfortunately, because <laughs> people don't want a part-time champ, and that's the mm. best way to get it. Had they gone Roman versus The Fiend, Roman would have been booed out of the building. It would I have think... been awful. Yeah, sure. I think the main thing that I was hoping Goldberg might retain, to be totally honest, was that this seems like the shittest way to put the belt on Strowman finally. Well, it just it sums up his attempts at being the champion anyway, doesn't it, really? He's had so yeah. many false starts where they should have pulled the trigger and he could have been an astronomical star. But what a great way to finally show your support for Braun Strowman by letting him drop it to the Fiend. Because I saw all the reports that yeah. Goldberg refused to put over Wyatt, which is why they put the belt on him. Yeah, that seems to be the case. Which I think goes to show why Bray Wyatt at the end of that match just stood behind Goldberg shaking his fists before he disappeared at Chamber. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Like, Oh, sorry, not Chamber. Um, Saudi show, wasn't it? I know what you meant. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know. Just, yeah, Strowman. Such a shame. Like, personally, he seems like a bit of a douchebag, but... Is like a professional. This this should have been the guy. It really should. We've said it so many times on the pod before. Like, this is their mainstream star, and they've ruined it. They really have. They've completely fucked it up. You, you've got to hope that someone else can come along and be like a real superstar for them, like you know the scene of the Hogan's, whatever. Because they uh, they need it. They really need it. We've said before that Dream is likely to be the the best chance of that. But what? But again, he's whilst he's flamboyant and charismatic, can you imagine um, certain parts of America getting him? Sure, yeah. Hmm. So uh, our main event, we've kind of gone over already, the Boneyard match between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. The um, three-on-one match. <laughs> I guess the one, well, like ten-on-one at one point. Uh, I guess thing we want, one thing we haven't talked about is the finish. So they literally buried AJ Styles. Do you not? find like offense to that well i thought in the back of my mind my mind said oh, rusev's been released oh he's actually been released oh no that's probably a good thing for him i think he wanted out so yeah oh ruru no crikey cheers corporate it's um downhill from the tank it really was yeah uh, it was downhill getting married getting married and putting on Instagram you proposed to Lana when your WWE storyline said you'd split up. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, that Vince is probably not going to like that. Yeah. No. But, um, yeah, so, so sorry, I've lost my train of thought after seeing Finish the Boneyard. Oh, finish the Boneyard. I did think, I thought, has AJ's contract expired? Has he gone? Have they written AJ off? Yeah, apparently not. I think maybe he's taking a break or something. He deserves it. He's been an absolute workhorse for that company. Yeah. Uh, I found uh, offence to a PG company that, you know, say that, oh, we do all this lovely stuff. Don't be a bully. We're, we're fucking burying people alive on TV. You know, I find there's odd issues with that. If I was sitting down with my kids, how do you explain that? Well, it's funny you should say that because in the morning I, I blocked out some time um, and I, was, I said to my wife, like, look, I need the last hour to watch the part of Mania I was falling asleep and I need to watch this Boneyard match and it was getting near the end Harriet walked into the room and I just paused right. it because I thought 
Undertaker's just twatted AJ with a shovel. How do I explain why that man is there? And she always says when there's wrestling on the telly, she just looks so excited. Her face lights up and she says, Daddy, it's your friends. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I thought, how can I explain why one of my bigger friends is twatting the other one in the face of a shovel? <laughs> yeah, weird. Anyway, so night two. We've already done like 90 minutes here, so yeah. let's try and fly through night two. This has been really fun just chatting, man. I know we're isolated. We're not uh, getting to talk wrestling maybe as much as we'd like to. I'm not getting uh, to talk to humans. This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so part two, April the 5th. Uh, the pre-show is Liv Morgan and Talia. Yep, that was a match. Uh, the, the first proper opening match was Charlotte Flair defeating Rhea Ripley by submission. Longest now, match of the night. Yeah. Oh, no, I, uh, other than Edge Orton. I'm really bad with these oh, numbers. Yeah, about to say there is one marathon later in the night. <laughs> but Flair Ripley, for me, oh my God, this was my sort of match. Full on New Japan, strong style, beat the shit out of each other for 20 minutes top girl goes over the up-and-comer perfect i could not have loved this match anymore it gave charlotte an opportunity to showcase a different style to what we've seen from her as you said this we've not seen charlotte in any strong style matches yeah from memory asuka's about as close as we got at wrestlemania yeah was wrestlemania was it summerslam where she finally defeated asuka it was wrestlemania wasn't it no it's mania when they've ruined asuka well ruined yeah they, they, she could have lost and still not been ruined that wasn't the match that did it, it was the booking after that that really yeah, fucked her that, that started it though that anyway, took away yeah. but yeah that's not here there but this this was brilliant and I, I think it's nice to see that the, they opened both nights with these absolute barnstormers for women's matches sure absolutely I think that match could have main evented to be honest it was that good but um, well, I understand why not as such yeah I think I think the ordering of the cards for both nights was good. You had a little bit of yeah, everything. You yeah. had your storyline, you had your cinematic match, you had your big title match, and you also had some of your throwaway matches, which we'll obviously get to shortly. In but, terms of the ordering, I'm really happy they did the Boneyard match last on the first night, but not Fire Fire Funhouse last on the last night, because it gave that main event, the, the main event headline feel. moment, you know? Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it's how it should be. The, the proper belt should always main event. It's the biggest sure. thing of your show. Don't get me wrong. I know I've, I was a fan of HBK's retirement being there because certain matches, if you've booked it correctly, shouldn't overshadow your world title match. But can you imagine having... Like, it would be Hogan Rock Syndrome all over again. If you had Michaels and Undertaker go on pre-main and you had your title match in the main event, it's like, Shawn Michaels should have been retired by The Undertaker after another absolute classic. <laughs> How good do luck you with your main that? event. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> so having so, these guys here first, I think it was more of a, okay, well, this is a match to keep people going because we have no idea what order everything was filmed in. Yeah. On on the actual, um, the tapings of Mania. But it was a really good way to captivate a crowd if they've signed up for the network and they missed night one they heard about the boneyard match they signed up for the network and this is what they're given for their first inverted commas live um part of the show it was great yeah and just on that network thing imagine being a ne- um someone that doesn't know the network exists you pay your 60 dollars like they promoted on the shows and on youtube and all this sort of stuff the next night, you see that you could have watched it for nine ninety nine for a month, and, and you would have got it for free because it was your first month. Wouldn't you be fucking furious as a customer? You would be. 
and have you noticed that they're not overly promoting the network for 9.99 at the moment <laughs> yeah weird 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 so um people bitch about charlotte flair a lot that she goes over a lot of people but this is how you book a top champion right Just she me? she's over she is the number one female wrestler becky's got the belt but tell me a sh- lot tell me a bad match charlotte flair's had she hasn't exactly i think she's one of the very best in the world and it's nothing to do with her last name she is fucking legit every single time her name helped her get through the door but it's purely her talent alone that's got her to where she is because had she been shit it would have just been david flair yeah she's a good promo her facials are fucking perfect every time she doesn't vomit helicopters (laughs) so uh, moving on alistair black defeating bobby lashley with uh no story whatsoever (laughs) well lana's there her husband's just been released in real life her real life husband's bobby i think i got a sandwich during this match even though i fucking love both these guys i think bobby lashley's one of the most underrated guys in their roster he is prime wwe beef you know (laughs) he really is i still want to see lashley and lesnar i think there's a a money match there me too man definitely that's a quick way to get bobby lashley over as a star as well and that yeah, mainstream attention because they'd look at Bobby Lashley and just go, "What is that creature sculpted from the best muscle and stone?" Absolutely. And Alistair Black seems the obvious person to take the Undertaker's spot in the long run, but we've seen him as Tommy End have some fucking barn burners, like the Champa Haskins match for Progress. Oh, it was beautiful. So what they're, all these people are capable of, including Lana as well, she's fucking great in that role. She really is. She could have been, had they not cocked it up with the Ziggler-Rusev feud, she mm. could have, had she turned face, been the new Sonny. Yeah. Just have Lana and Rusev come out in a tank every single match. They'd be <laughs> over. Absolutely. Sing the, sing the Russian national anthem, you know, get Koloff out occasionally. <laughs> It'd be fucking perfect. Back to Ali Black quickly before we move on. Yeah, had they not had him losing the gauntlet match to AJ and still been undefeated on TV since his debut in singles action, I think that would have really helped him because it, it went a whole year and people didn't notice it that he'd been mm. undefeated for a whole year. And I know it's difficult to keep undefeated streaks going in modern WWE 50-50 booking, but as you said with Charlotte Flair, this is how we build stars. And the right person won this match and Ali Black, once we get back to normal, uh, the normal realms of the world, and obviously his his dear wife is doing fantastic things with her new trio at the moment. I always like the Selena Vega. Sure. But as you said, throwaway match. But at least we've got a finish. Yeah, exactly. And so, they um, tried to further the storyline with Lana costing him. Say again. And it sort of furthered the storyline with Lana interfering, knocking around, being blamed yeah, at yeah. planting the seeds. Yeah, I, I'm assuming that's where they're going. I honestly I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown after Raw after Wrestlemania sorry I've been so fucking busy do your um, job properly <laughs> yeah no I know I meant to watch it for my living now aren't I? <laughs> so uh, Otis uh, versus Dolph Ziggler and probably the best told story coming into Wrestlemania and what a brilliant fun silly payoff I loved it the match was dog shit I think Otis is terrible but just the story put this over for me I hated this I, I know I Got to know the story coming in, obviously, through watching the shows the week before WrestleMania. And then the video package before this match was fucking brilliant. Never let it be said that you don't need to watch Raw. You just need to watch the video packages for these pay-per-views and you should buy in. Because as I watched this, I was like, 
I'm really into this. And after listening to Otis on Cody Graves, uh, sorry, Corey Graves podcast, I was listening to driving back from training one evening and I thought, he's just such a likable lad. I yeah. really like him. As he kept on referring to Tucker as there, me and Tucky. I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, they made me care about something I did not care about. I, I, bravo. Well done. Bloody brilliant, guys. Eight minutes. Did everything you wanted WrestleMania to be. The the good guys win. He gets the girl. He gets the kiss at the end. They ride off into the sunset. So, giving ah, ch- fucking giving brilliant. chunks like us as wrestling fans hope. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else you want to say on this match? I mean, it's just classic, isn't it? It's pro-, pro wrestling through and through. WWE relationship booking 101. <laughs> there what, is what, hope for Macho and Liz after all. <laughs> this is the future. What I do sense, though, is probably, and I'll just say this with, I don't know for fact, I don't think that Otis and Mandy Rose are a real-life couple. Oh, God, I hope they are. It'd be so lovely if they were. She actually fell in love with them through the storyline. God, that would be a good story. And I'd like, Please, and I, life, make it happen. <laughs> And I'd like Sonia Deville to turn Dolph Ziggler into a lesbian. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Oh, considering that my kind of wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> fucking A. So, next up, we have Edge, the returning Edge, defeating Randy Orton in a last man standing match that went two million hours. <laughs> It is amazing what AEW sniffing around you can remarkably get you cleared suddenly for, for yeah. competing in WWE. It happened to Dragon, and now it's happened to Edge. That that 24 thing they did with Edge was really, really good. Highly recommend it. It's on the network. Go check it out. Well, um, uh, all those 24s are brilliant, but this Edge one was really, really insightful. Okay. Talk to me about the match. Yeah. So there, there's a controversial moment quite oh, what, early the ben, on. The, the Benoit hanging moment. Yeah. I was uneasy. I think I, I know it sounds silly, but just I'd recently watched no, both parts sound, of. Do- yeah, I just what? watched that documentary too, and I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> that's uncomfortable." The second they did it, yeah. Uh, considering that Dragon got fired for strangling Justin Roberts with a tie, um. and they've essentially recreated the Benoit death, the suicide bit at least. Yeah, yeah. This. It turned me off this match. In all seriousness, I, I haven't been back to watch this match. I, it, as you said, it went for me a bit too long for a, for a brawler and a, a, sorry, a tour around the PC. 15 minutes in, these words came out of my lips. All right, lads, roll up. One, two, three, let's go. <laughs> but who's going to tell They still them- had 20 minutes after that, for fuck's sake. It went way too long. Who's going to tell Returning Edge and Randy Orton to do what they can do? And also, it meant that they didn't <laughs> yeah, have to have like, sure. three more filler matches. The thing is, I like. I, I think Randy Orton is criminally underrated. Uh, I think he had a terrible run of it with the kind of the white vanilla giant kind of era of WWE. Um, Edge is obviously included in that, but had all the stuff preceding it in the early days of like, you know, TLCs and et cetera, et cetera. He will always um, have the brood entrance, so he's always good to me. Sure. Um, I've never been an Edge fan. I know people don't like that because people, a lot of people like Edge. I never really got it. He's an all right promo. He looks all right. He does kind of pretty generic hand gesture and, you know, has an entrance theme that people like. It's rock music. I like Alter Bridge. <laughs> yeah, sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the main <laughs> things 
the main thing that Edge has done for me in my mind was led to the um I've got three I've got two words for you. Matt freaking hardy at ECW one night stand and Edge spitting out his beer. That was quite mm-hmm. good fun. Um cashing in at New Year's Rev- Re- Revolution, the first cash in. I remember watching that live and for the first time in a long time in WWE and this was like early 2000s. I think you've recently rewatched this as well on the network as well. Just seeing that cash in, I was like, oh my fucking God, he's going to do it. And I think prior to Punk at Money in the Bank, that was the last time watching a live show. I was like, oh, as in WWE style, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. I did not see this coming. Yeah. Do you know what Edge is for me? He's a guy that has many, many segments that I've really enjoyed, many of which you just described. Um, But then he's the guy that is kind of the perfect example of he does moves. Yes, I I know exactly what you mean. There's no A to B to C so we can get to D. You know, it's just we've got to do half an hour of punching each other. So I can hit my spear and I can pin you, <laughs> you know? Who else do you think? Because, again, we don't know the ins and outs, but all the online chatter is he's got a three-year contract and he's got to do three matches a year. Who else can you envisage Edge working with and having a decent feud with? God. See, there's probably guys that can flip around him, like an AJ, for example. That would work if you could somehow keep AJ heel upon a return, which I think you're going to struggle with. It's AJ Styles, for fuck's sake. Um, looking down the list, guys like Drew McIntyre, maybe. Yeah, yeah but then... But again, the, this is me reaching, you know? Exactly. At least Orton and Edge had an element of a backstory and now Orton's already taken out Beth Phoenix so you've already got the wife thing done out of the way I thought the story was very good and had clippable moments and you know quotables and such yeah but then the, the, the problem is who else they got yeah they're not exactly go- they're not gonna let him go in with Brock and Brock probably wouldn't have any interest in two part timers working nah Brock would fucking murder him as well yeah exactly like, literally he would accidentally drop him on his head you know it would happen so I don't understand that other than the, or he might go to AEW, I don't understand why a three-year deal. Yeah, seems odd. You would have thought they'd put him on one of the deals like the Legends thing where he can do whatever he wants, we'll just pay you. It's Edge, he's earned it, you know? And I don't like that Hall of Famers are active on the roster. I think you should get your Hall of Fame bit once you're done. That's what Coco Beware did. They have a purpose, you know? I think companies like New Japan do their veterans, their Hall of Famers, very, very well. They use them to help train the younger guys, get them over. Uh, They still put them on TV, even though they blatantly shouldn't be on TV. But it's a matter of respect and honouring people that have come before you and everything. You know, I don't think we should just get rid of these people. They're not ready for the scrap heap, for fuck's sake. Not that you're suggesting that, I'm very aware. But um, it's uh, they, they have to have their place. You can't have fucking Goldberg squashing top stars. No, 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 no. And I, that's what I fear with Edge. I can't, un- unless he's going to have a good feud with someone like Ali Black and Ali Black beats him to try and get, that's his first main event victory. He's taken out a legend. Yeah. But then fans love Edge. So would you, you have know, to have a heel Ali Black? There's only two matches that I want to see. And, and yeah, that'd be weird. With It doesn't work with Alistair Black, does it? They might have an all right match, but I don't think Edge can keep up with his work rate. No. 
I mean, maybe that sounds harsh, but I think that's the reality of the situation. He has to work around a severe neck injury, you know. Um, uh, Daniel Bryan, neck versus neck. <laughs> Jeez, the bridges. <laughs> yeah. In terms of people that I'd want to see Edge wrestle, the two mo- two names that come to mind immediately are like Shawn Michaels, Kurt Angle, but I don't want to see either of them in a ring ever again. No, Shawn Michaels is running NXT. Well, Matt Bloom is, but Shawn Michaels is there. And Kurt Angle's recently been released, so there's no point. Yeah. The only uh, but, person but just I could... beyond all that, just like injuries and stuff and how their careers have gone and finished, like just like pff, no thank you, that's enough. Those two guys can go retire and not hopefully be crippled for the rest of their life, you know? They'll do Edge Triple H. Yeah, fucking hell, that's gonna be boring in it but anyway. Yep. So, um, next, what do you think of the match by the way? The finish was quite fun with the whole like, you know, standing on the bus like yeah. But yeah, the fin- finish was fun, but after the hanging point I was I was out and it went too long for me. Yeah, yeah, a good 20 minutes too long. Not like 10 minutes too long. It was excessive. But I like Alter Bridge, so that's all right. <laughs> Fucking hell. So uh, Street Profits uh, be Angel Gaza, Angel Gaza, as they say, whatever. Uh, and Austin Theory, who blatantly shouldn't be on fucking WrestleMania yet. Austin um, Theory can't believe his bloody luck that he was just, oh, sorry, guys, I'm just collecting my boots from uh, the PC because we're going to be on lockdown. Oh, have you got a slot in that match? I've got gear. Always you bring wanna- your gear. Do you want to be on the show? Like, what, what show do you mean? Uh, the show. The show. <laughs> you know, the grandfather of them all or whatever. Uh, oh, yeah, I'll be on WrestleMania. Yeah, thank you. Who are you? <laughs> what the fuck? How did this guy go on fucking WrestleMania? As horrible as this sounds, you know, like NXT TakeOvers, when they show the new signees in the crowd and you have people like Matt Riddle, you've had Keith Lee sitting yeah. in there when you had Cruz, when it was Uha Nation, when they showed Austin Theory and everyone was like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> Mate, I've just looked at a photo of him. If he walked past my house right now, I'd be like, a bloke walked past my house. I have no idea who. <laughs> Which is a massive problem with some of the people they have in NXT. But Austin Theory... At least they're using him now on Raw. At least they've got him in Zelina Vega's little faction with yeah. Rob Andrade and, and Angel Garza. Garza but- and Andrade are fucking awesome. Garza is hilarious. What a dick. He's brilliant. I, I like the fact that he just goes and kisses women in the crowd. Just yeah. wh- it's proper when- rapey. It's fucking hilarious, though. I don't know how he gets away with it. And and when they were supposed to be doing social distancing, the, the last Raw, when there was actually a crowd, he went up and kissed a random woman. Of course like, he did. It's like, mate, you're brave. Roman's going to pull out the main event because of you. What a character, though. And we know how good his partner can be, you know? Yeah. Uh, and there's also Austin Theory. So uh, Street Profits are quite good, though, aren't they? We, I mean, you've got the new Rock in this tag team. Yeah. Montez, Montez Ford. Ford. Him and Bianca Belair, considering they just smashed the PC combines for their yeah. athleticism, their charisma. I know they've um, they've brought Bianca Belair up to Raw and she's trying to be a bit more of a stop dicking about, lads. Let's go for the win. You're embarrassing me. Sort of sure. thing for the Street Profits. But Montez Ford is, is great. And Angelo Dawkins is, is a good hand. And I, I'd hope that they keep this tag team together for a long time. But as we know, with quite a number of tag teams, there's going to always be eyes on on Ford to be the guy to push forward. And as you said, Austin Theory was also there. I can't wait for the day when a monster takes out Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford is left to defend the honour of his friend with his missus by his side. 
Uh, Are you trying to book SmackDown when Braun Strowman does it? Oh, it'd be so good. Think about Montez Ford and Braun Strowman for the World Heavyweight Championship and book Montez Ford like a strong like guy that has the chance. He has yeah. the potential, you know? And have him and- cut promos constantly on Braun and have Braun go, me no understand, me big giant. <laughs> we'll be back like to the old uh, Shane McMahon and Big Show story. Sorry. Fee, five, fo fum. I'm seven foot tall, but I'm pretty dumb. <laughs> Perfect. Just have Montez Ford be himself. Ah, oh, fucking hell. It'd be so good. And when he slid in the ring after Bianca Belair rule the other day, I'm just like, ooh, and then my woman, fuck yeah. Oh, it's so funny, man. He's the Don. I love that guy. I've enjoyed right. some of their isolation pictures on social media where they're just both sitting in thrones. It's <laughs> gangster. So uh, we've got Bailey defending the championship. Uh, the fatal five way ended up being because who was left out? It was uh, uh, Dana Brooke because she Dana got the plague. Brooke. Yeah, that's the one. So they go twenty minutes here, and we get Tamina being uh, eliminated Pins. first by everyone. The big um, what do they bundle call it? Dog, spot. That dog pile, yeah, bundle, whatever. Uh, Naomi gets eliminated by Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks then eliminated by Lacey Evans, leaving Lacey and Bailey. Uh, I had Lacey winning this match in my picks. I was convinced they were going to do it just to spite everyone. No, uh, <laughs> I, I still had Bailey for this because they they are going to try and build to a Sasha Bailey at some point. Yeah, uh, it was a match. It was all right. I enjoyed it. I like Lacey Evans. I think she's got a huge upside, and when they. <sighs> Well, no, no, when they go into her, her whole like Marine Corps background, <laughs> I'm not I, get, I get the feeling that you've had this conversation at WrestleTalk. <laughs> She's so shit. I do not get it at all. Why is she a face? She was just getting over as a heel. Yeah, nasties. God, it was I think dumb. The, I think the problem with Lacey Evans suddenly becoming a face was that it's silly little things like she keeps letters from fans in her boots as she wrestles and all nice stuff that she does nice things. Oh, what a humongous cunt of a human. Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what type of douchebag does that? Nice what? people. <laughs> Fucking, how is that? Anyway. <laughs> just so you know, just so you know, ladies and gentlemen, I keep all my fan mail in my trunks by my cock when I go to the <laughs> So, Tamina, shit. Naomi, let's be honest, she's been a bit shit recently, even though she had all the potential in the world. Seems like she lost a lot of momentum, uh, just in terms of motivation, I guess, more than anything. I think that's because she keeps on getting pulled over with one of the Usos under a DUI. Uh, Maybe. Lacey Evans, shit. Certainly Sasha Banks and Bailey. So, yeah, if that's the feud down the line, fair enough. I mean, we've done it a million fucking times. I never need to see it again, but whatever. It was a match. Uh, So, well, well, you you say we've done it a million times. We did it at TakeOver twice. They haven't done it on the main roster, have they? Bruh. Bruh. How many matches have these two been in where one's turned on the other or they've teased it or the conversation they've had backstage, they've been a tag team, then they've not been a tag team, they've loved each other, then Bailey's fucking emo Bailey, and oh, there's just endless storylines that have no logic or sense or meaning behind any of it But when they clip NXT. It, when they clip it all together... It's going to look like a barnstormer promo pack. Yeah, I'm going to be crying at how emotional I am at the end of it. (laughs) Think about how fucking good when they had their Iron Man match. Was it an Iron Man match on NXT where Bailey's in the ring with Triple H crying and Sasha, you know she's leaving and she's on the ramp with Steph and all the locker room and everything. Fucking hell. 
It was so good, and they ruined it so fucking quickly. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned Steph, because we didn't mention her really nice motivational intros to both shows, and oh, the fact yeah. she created women's wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Her uh, isolation booth, <laughs> isolation pod that she was uh, transmitting from or whatever, you know. It's almost that makes another sense that when WWE, Vince McMahon, Triple H and Stephanie all sold off all of those shares at the tail end of yeah, last year, why the uh, the fire department and the police department pension schemes are all suing WWE. It's almost yeah. like they knew. On they like a, on a, go on. I was going to say on a really, really serious note, though, uh, is it just me or is Stephanie McMahon incredibly fucking hot in her latter ages? I'm very aroused. Jesus Christ, she's looking good recently. Like I've been editing a lot of videos that happen to have photos of her in it. And <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. lucky, lucky boy. Anyway, so um, yeah, let's move on. So uh, we had the Firefly Funhouse match here. It was perfectly positioned on the card right before the main event. We've talked about it a little bit, but again, uh, genuinely, this is six stars for me. I think it's absolute perfection. Not taking anything too seriously, but it's cleverly written, cleverly constructed. They've obviously been given a shitload of freedom. They managed to have Triple H, uh, sorry, wow, that's a slip of the tongue, uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> uh, laughing at himself and signing off on this match. I couldn't believe it. I was just, like, you got John Cena laughing at himself in a, in a match, well, a match, a segment, whatever. Like, I, yeah, notoriously I, I, I a guy that great. takes himself very seriously, you know? Well, that, that's the thing. It's, he's portrayed of taking himself very, very seriously, being big match John, but I liked seeing the return the SmackDown Fist. I like seeing John Cena in his town, town he's visiting ring gear colours. Dude, I marked out constantly throughout these matches just for these segments. You can know that Bray, with his parents and his lineage and everything, watched everything, right? You can imagine he was a WCW guy as well. And so, I, you, you know when he's pitching, right, what I want you to do is come out as the NWO stuff. He's fulfilling childhood dreams here. Yeah, with his Bischoff promo in, in Wolfpack NWO yeah, as well. Yeah. The red and black, man. Yeah. I just bought one of those shirts, so I'm very happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Check you out with your full-time job. <laughs> it was bought for me for my birthday, I'll have you know, but it's all uh, good. I, I did quite well, actually. I got four t-shirts from the WWE shop. It's like people almost nice. knew me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not WWE, but they bought good ones. I got uh, Bruiserweight, uh, Pete Dunne, obviously. Uh, Wolfpack, red and black. Uh, Cactus Jack classic yellow on the front you know black t-shirt and uh, my favourite one which I did pick out was the LWO shirt <laughs> yes and I was like I need this in my life fucking hey word of clown represent <laughs> <laughs> I lifted a fist in the air when I said that <laughs> can't wait till this COVID thing's lifted so we can get our murder clown merch I can't wait fucking a yeah literally uh if I'll, I'll put it over on the pod fuck it so murder clown on twitter promoted the fact that he's finally got a t-shirt made and i instantly like i was like one of the first five people to message him because i get little notifications that pop up whenever he posts now uh just going uh okay will you ship internationally i would love to have one and then he was like i can try my friend he called me mi amigo and i was like oh my god he called me my friend <laughs> like in a dm uh, and so uh basically because of covid and stuff we can't do post from mexico unfortunately and when i tried to but uh i bet we might be able to soon but uh, I can't yeah, wait. buy I yourself will... Murder Clown merch. That guy's a fucking legend. He's probably saved the lives of all your favourite Mexican wrestlers, which <laughs> there are many. And Aerostar. <laughs> hey, Aerostar's <laughs> awesome. He's one of the best. 
in terms of he jumps off things like 50,000 feet in the air. I'm not exaggerating. But only when Murder Clown is in the ring. I yeah. mean, go back to listen to one of our, our previous episodes at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com to see one of our AAA shows. It was Triple Mania 27? Yeah. Where Aerostar came down from a platform from the yeah. roof of the arena and just jumped off and Murder Clown was the only person who had the balls to yeah. catch him. There was 10 people beneath him that were all meant to dogpile and catch him at the same time. And they all dissipated. They were just, just murder clown going, I've got him, I've got him, I've got him. Imagine if he'd have missed. But he's murder clown. He never fucking misses. I bet murder clown backstage says, don't worry, lads. Don't bother trying to catch him. You'll just get in my fucking way. <laughs> so it's Murder El Grande on Twitter. So give him a follow. Tell him we sent you. Get Buy a t-shirt because that guy is a fucking legend. Uh, World of Wrestling Podcast. Hall of Famer. The first inductee. Get him to record a Ford for the pod. <laughs> oh, God. He doesn't speak English very well, so <laughs> it might be a trouble. It's fine. Uh, I don't care what he says. It could be so that these guys are wankers. I'd still put it on the front of the pod. Fucking A, man. So... Uh, we've talked about the Firefly Final. There's nothing really else to say at this point, is there? I think it's all been said. Do you? What was your favourite uh, deep-seated reference of okay. this whole thing? So there, there's many. Um, oh, I'm trying. I did a whole video on it. <laughs> Just give me one second. Do you want to? Uh, do you want to promote that where people can watch that video? Uh, if you go to Wrestle Talk on YouTube and put in like ten things, Firefly Funhouse Boneyard matches, that's the video I edited in less than a day. So enjoy my very very speedy edits. Uh, I I edit all those list videos. So there you go. Um, I say all of them. There's a few I don't. Adam does a couple of them, and so does Laurie, and so does Simon. But I do most of them. <laughs> anyway, um, my favourite bit that I cannot stop thinking about and keep laughing. It's not that deep-seated. It was just the Vince McMahon puppet going, that's just such good shit. I cannot express how loudly I popped. I literally shouted at my TV at like four in the morning, what the fuck, as I was pissing myself with laughter, kicking my chair back, standing up, holding my face in shocked expression of like disbelief and joy so i mean that is number one on my list for me um while i'm thinking about it have you got a moment in mind that you're thinking of i feel like you might oh no it, it's the bellas thing for me it's the bellas thing for me but then also oh, the fact God, that yeah. your moment the uh this is good shit moment from vin um uh, man was no one ever paid mention to Macho Mercy sat next to him. Yeah, I mean, it did a great job. I got the gimmick, obviously, but um, it was Vince stole the show here, even though it wasn't Vince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I would. This, this is something that will not age. This is something that will be really, really good, and I think it will be a fantastic turning point for Cena's career if he were to come back for another run in WWE. That he'd come back as that heel character so he could have that one final send-off i'm just quickly flicking through my video remembering things so there's little things like you know there's like that demon character that appears at the beginning yeah where he's going the uh, we all live and get along together in our little village sort of thing yeah do you notice they cut directly from that demon with big horns to the vince puppet with horns yeah because it's the same thing isn't it yeah, that little reference got me because I was like, are they suggesting what I think they're <laughs> suggesting? Um, what else? Uh, Johnny Largemeat had me pissing myself for laughter, you know, John behind the cage? Yeah. Because it was the big blue cage, she knew exactly what they were referencing with the music <laughs> and everything else. 
That was fucking done. amazing. Uh, what else? I think that's about it. There's um, little details like his T-shirt didn't say you can't see me. It said you can't stop me. Yeah. And that's a nice little touch as in like, you know, literally you can't stop him. He's the guy. <laughs> he will not be stopped. Man, it's so detailed. Nothing else really to say on it. It was so good. Yeah, I think that is pretty much it. I said, I think that was very much for the wrestling fan. I I tell you what, there is one thing before you just do your finale because I feel like that's where we're going. There's one way I would have made this better. I would have had actual Kurt Angle a pop-up, you know, doing the promo with Bray. So intercuts between Bray and Angle doing that opening promo. And I would have had, get this, Cena pop up and steal the belt and run away with it so John can't get to it. Can you imagine if Punk turned up with the belt and was like, Ooh, blew him a kiss as he went across the barrier. Oh, oh my God. I would have marked so fucking hard. That was probably the first time you've had a CM Punk moment be allowed on a WWE program, wasn't it? Sure, yeah. Since he left, obviously. Oh, what a match. I can't stop thinking about it. It was so good. So funny. <laughs> anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and watch it again once we finish I th- this. I think I have to. Would you, would you believe that I don't think we've got as much more to talk about when we talk about our main event of the... Oh, sorry. I'll let you do your, your gimmick. Uh, it's our main event of the evening. <laughs> we've already done the main event of Drew McIntyre defeating Brock Lesnar. Yay! Who happened to have Paul Heyman with him for the WWE Heavyweight Championship. The World Heavyweight Championship. Fuck you, Vince. I'll call it what it should be called. Uh, in 4 minutes 35. Um, I want to wax lyrical about how much I love Drew McIntyre. How much he deserves it. How he is wrestling through and through the first ever British World Heavyweight Champion. I'm I'm so proud. I was buzzing for him. The moment when he reached to the camera after he'd won the belt, that was... You know everyone always has their little moment where they're standing on the turnbuckles, the pyro's going off, and everyone's cheering loudly. Drew managed to make that little screen grab iconic. <laughs> yeah. There's a photo of him looking down at the belt for the first time. And you can literally see like tears forming in his eyes. And, and I, fuck, I, man. That, that's all the emotion. That is WrestleMania right there. I feel for him so much, though. I know it's still going to be the achievement still stands. He is the first. He is the WWE champion. But, man, for someone who's had so many stop starts and bringing back his career from the jaws of defeat to then be given the the big belt. Yeah, and to the then long have route to come back as well. The very long route. But to then have it not be in front of a crowd of friends and family and having to do all of his media on Skype and Zoom afterwards, it's like, man, it 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 won't take away from what he's achieved, but it's bittersweet, I think, for Drew. It'll so, be a case of he's done it, he's achieved it, but still. Uh, the, uh, the moment it happened, I was thinking all this stuff, and I, I fully appreciate what you're saying, but I have a theory here. If they don't just put the belt on Bray, which seems like they might do, and I can understand why they would, um, this could be a good thing that it didn't have the big, momentous crowd moments and stuff that it would have if it was in, you know, Tampa Bay with the giant pirate ship and all that sort of bollocks. They could slowly build Drew 
which they haven't done with a World Heavyweight Champion champion for a very fucking long time, into a serious top guy. This guy has a look about him. He's he's a movie star, you know. He loves wrestling more than anyone else I've ever heard talk about wrestling. He is perfection in my eyes as a professional wrestler. If we could just leave the belt on him for like three years and book him well against good established top guys and have him beat the likes of Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, John Cena, Bray Wyatt, you know, really put him over, I think we could have something very special on our hands. We could, and I'd I'd like to think that he'd he'd be given the opportunity to do it. And as you said, you know, Strowman and Bray, they can fight over the blue belt. That's fine. And I think going straight into a program with Rollins will help establish him as a top, top star. Because obviously yeah. Rollins is seen as their top heel at the moment on the Raw side of things. Yeah. Thank so God ha- it's that and not just Big Show every week. Because fucking hell, the first week in, they're like, oh, you've got the Big Show. Like, no. <laughs> what a fantastic rib that was on Drew McIntyre. Here's the belt. Oh, by the way, you've got to do a two-minute match with the Big Show after you've main evented WrestleMania. Yeah, so fucking <laughs> dumb, innit? They went seven minutes, you know? That's ridiculous. But yeah, Drew getting the belt. It was great. It was what was needed. It was the correct story. It was a correct build through the year. Get him to the Rumble. That Rumble just set it up perfectly. And and say what you want about Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar made Drew McIntyre in that Rumble by eliminating 15 people first and then letting Drew just cannon him. Absolutely. It was great. Who? So, yes, absolutely. Uh, Seth Rollins is the guy to feud with for the next six months for Drew McIntyre, right? Has to be. Yep. What else? What after? If we're going to keep the belt on Drew, who does he go up against after? I think he'll go with AJ. Okay. When he's back. That You're going to struggle to keep uh, Drew face out with AJ, though. I don't think so. I don't think you will. I think there'll be something AJ will be able to do to be heel. I think there'll be some kind of fortune-esque faction in the future for AJ. Hmm. Uh, to keep something interesting going for him. And I think what you need to do, because I assume when we go back live, well, there'll be another draft, because they love a draft. Um, mm. I think at some point they'll build to, if they do keep the belt on him, they'll build it to him and Roman. But potentially, if they're brave enough to have Roman as a heel. Wow. Could you do that? Well, heel Roman, face Drew... Roman as the cocky heel where he's got his Rolex watch on beating up the people's champion. I think it could work. Hmm. I'm looking at all the people that were on this year's WrestleMania. Austin Theory. (laughs) Everyone that I'm looking at that he could potentially feud with is smaller than him. And so you have that issue with the faces, the bigger guy. It becomes a harder story to tell every single time, you know? I'd be interested in seeing if they give Andrade and Drew a run together because <sighs> that was really good in NXT. Yeah, that could be good. Because then you've got the faction to run through. They've already planted the seeds at the end of Raw this week. Could be potential there. But this is the problem, as we've said on previous podcasts where we covered WWE. They have no stars. So when you're trying to help build and elevate a Drew McIntyre... Maybe he'll have a feud with Randy Orton. It'd probably be quite dull from a promo standpoint. In-ring will be good. Mm. But who have they got? 
outside of carrying it on with Brock, which oh, you don't really want to do. I just put myself in the, the mind of Vincent Man, which is a scary place to be. Um, I've got the perfect answer. King Corbin. This is good shit. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be Corbin, isn't it? But it's it's a good it's a good stepping stone. It's a good feud. It's going to kill his title run, though. No, I, no one I don't will care. So. No one will give a fuck. They're casual fan. Will not give a flying fuck about King Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. I I think you'll find the casual fan won't give a flying fuck about the product in general. One point nine rating for Raw this week. Yeesh. Wow, that's almost TNA levels. Yeah, I think they had a show which might have been slightly higher than that when Hogan came back. <laughs> Fuck, all right. Are we going to leave it there? I think so. I think we've covered everything. We had a nice chat. We've done like two two odd hours. <laughs> it's been nice uh, to hang out, people- man. Yeah, it's been brilliant. It's been a nice change. And I, I hope everyone who's listened to this likes it. If you enjoy what we do, if you can leave us a, a review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you consume your podcast, that'd be great. Uh, all of our archives available at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. Uh, difficult times. If you want to throw us some money, we've got a t-shirt on offer, but I'd much rather you go and spend that on something else in your family or a vulnerable person or an NHS worker. Buy them a pizza. Don't buy our t-shirts. Until we're back to normal, please. Go buy an indie worker's t-shirt. Go help them out. Yeah, go buy a Tex Williams t-shirt through the World of Wrestling Podcast t-shirt. <laughs> Fun we, <to> should, <laughs> we should probably get that one up, to be fair. Ah uh, no, because let's be honest. Yeah, as I, as I said before, I'm at this moment in time. You know, I'm I'm down to eighty percent hours at the moment, but I'm in the very fortunate position where I I'm obviously I'm affected by it, but I can still pay my bills. I've still got an income. I've free childcare's kicks in now, so if the nice. nursery is open, I wouldn't be having to pay any money out. So I I just think as you said, indie workers who don't have another income who've put wrestling forward as the, as their dream and you know, I know some people disagree that people should always have a backup plan, and, and and I am one of those. But if you push everything for your dream, you you're being punished for something that isn't your fault. So as as Rich said, you know, support your favorite indie wrestler, buy a bit of merch, sign up to a Patreon, send them a tweet, just help if you can support people who may need it a bit more than yourselves. Sure, and like simple shit like um, being behind the scenes at Wrestle Talk, like simple stuff like hitting the thumbs up button on YouTube videos, and their social medias and sharing their shit and hitting the like button. My God, you can do some simple stuff that makes a huge world of difference in people's lives. Yeah, so uh, it's it's a I'll, new society, people. Go help out, you know. I'll say Didn't that from from obviously you know we we do want to support our friends. So obviously, people like Coach Wicked at Set Go Gym, go and yep. check out the YouTube stuff. They're doing so much free stuff for you to keep fit in your downtime in isolation. It's great. It helps you lose weight. It helps keep you motivated. It helps keep you positive. Great workouts, bite-sized content for free. Set Go Gym. Go and check them out on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And same thing as well. You know, if you want a legitimate source for your wrestling info, which isn't run by dickheads, they don't publish things. You know, go and support WrestleTalk TV. They've done great things for British wrestling, and we should support them in supporting British wrestling. It's just WrestleTalk now, but it's okay, Dory. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, right, WildOfWrestlingPodcast.com is the best place to find everything. You can find all your subscription bits and all that sort of stuff. Uh, where can people find you online, good buddy? I'm at the Tex Williams on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. My Twitter's been taken over by a butler, so it's writing in the third person at the moment, so that's no fun at all. <laughs> what? 
the Tex Williams. Uh, oh, so the butler's running it, is it now? Okay, interesting. <laughs> I see where this is going. Exactly. Kayfabe, kayfabe, kayfabe. Uh, I'm Fanboy Rich on Twitter. Don't bother following me on Instagram. I don't post anything. But uh, I tweet all the time. And uh, yeah, if you want to talk to me about wrestling, I am available. I don't know how to end the podcast. I want to keep talking because I'm bored. That's fine. <laughs> next next week, I think, are we covering chapter 100? Are we? I don't know. I've got a list. Let's have a look. I oh, think we, it's chapter 100. Options. Yeah, that is generally next on the list, as far as I'm aware. Um, okay. I, have, I have a trilogy in mind for the week after, though. Okay, well... We'll go next week's show is going to be Progress Wrestling Chapter 100. Um, Yay. Before we go, I am just going to quickly check corporate for one last time to see if there's anyone, any more breaking news as we leave the pod world. Um, oh, two NXT superstars have gone. We have seen the end of Diona Peraza and Alexander Yaksik, who I didn't know who Yaksik was, but Diona Peraza was on tv recently but yep she's gone as well so i think we'll see a few more as we go through so as rich said support your favorite indie wrestlers hopefully it won't impact some of our british guys in nxt uk but keep them peeled keep supporting british wrestling and uh keep supporting our podcast absolutely let's give uh, Heath Slater a job eh? he's got kids <laughs> <laughs> see you next week <laughs>